Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick Gadienna. Jared Brandon with Brandon Wound Pickups. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to have you along on the back, uh, actually on the handlebars of this bicycle this little That's BMX right. bicycle that we call... A bicycle built for four. Yes, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an all-time hilarious thing to like right. go bar hopping on a tri... What do you call that? Like a... a, on a, a quad. A, a no, co- on a, a, a three-person bicycle. What's the... What is that called? A tricycle. Uh, a tri-tandem? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like, yeah. I, I've seen them. I don't know how we'd get you guys on that thing, but aren't they in amazing. England though? And well, but you, but you could take funny. two bicycle built for twos and put them side by side. You could yeah, and weld them together that way, or a side quad, a side hack, a quad cycle, a you know. quadricycle. Yeah, yeah, quadra. Anyways, quadra I'm going to invent that. Do that, okay? John, we'll we'll pick you up and ride you on handlebars, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Guys, we're going to have an awesome time tonight. We have a special guest. I've already sort of slipped that uh, to you already. Who are you, special guest? I'm John McGinney from McGinney Guitars. Hey! All right. We are happy to have you along for our uh, show tonight. Where can people find your wares? They can find them at McGinneyGuitars.com or Instagram at McGinney Guitars. And that is M A G H. I and I. That is correct. Is that, that is, is that Italian? It, it is. Oh, it is. John McGinney. That's me. <laughs> All right. Jared's favorite thing. Whatever yes. he can say Italian, he loves to do that. Well, any, well, the, to be to be perfectly honest, any uh, foreign accent always comes out sounding Italian when Jared does it. That's, that's right. That's, that is <laughs> that is true. Um, all right. Well, let's get to this, everybody. Oh wait, t- uh, Tony. Yes. What do people do? What do we do on the show? What do people what, do? What do people do when <laughs> they listen to tuning, us on the show? Well, right now they're tuning out. <laughs> so. I hope not. They're gonna miss a great oh, show. Man. Well, you know, Todd, I'm glad you asked that because we like to talk about gear. Oh, yes. Not just any gear. We like to talk about boutique gear, and that'd be things like guitars and amps and pedals and uh, pedal boards, accessories, all the righteous stuff. That's right. And uh, we also like to do the one-on-one shows as well. Uh What happens there? Well, we talk about really cool things like speakers and pickups and I don't know wiring harnesses, necks on guitars, all kinds. Of stuff. And uh, we we yeah. yeah we do our best to tell everybody uh, what we know about it. We may not be right all the time, but well, know, if we every- don't know, we usually have an expert come on board and help us out. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, speaking of expert, we've got we're going to be doing one on pickups here pretty soon, guys. Um, so who are we having on? Well, uh, um, I'm still <laughs> looking for an expert. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the meantime, until I'll we find one, find we're going to have Jared. And um, I'll do it. Yeah, do thanks. It I appreciate the first standing <laughs> in on this. Um, please send us your questions. Anything you want to ask about pickups, we're going please. to tackle it. Okay. Yep. And cool. it's we're not going to just you know we've already done really early on. We actually th- that was some of the first stuff. Uh, 
way back before Jared was officially part of the show. The, I had but no after that, I'm like, show. man, I want you yeah. to be here all the time. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to answer all kinds of questions, and it's going to be a blast. So please make sure you that you send your questions in. Todd at theguitarnobs.com will work. You can send it there. You can also DM on Instagram at Guitar Knobs, and uh, we'll we'll get to answering things. In the meantime, gentlemen, we've got a show to do with Mr. John McGinney of McGinney Guitars, and I'm really excited about this. So, but don't we have some people cool. to thank? Well, what? Don't we have some people to thank? Yes, we do. We usually do that at the end, but let's thank these people right now. Road! That's right. Road mics for providing this awesome equipment that we have in front of our faces right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the Roadcaster Pro and the Procaster mics doing mm. it every week. It's uh, good stuff. And they've got a lot of new innovations that they've been working on. Uh, it seems like they've got a new release of a new product um, at like all the time uh so make sure that you're checking that out because especially now a lot of people who are listening are either recording themselves for their their own music or a band or demoing or you know doing whatever even in their professional life or whatever so they probably got something for you Check them out over at Road Mics. We also, I wanted to just uh, do a little shout out to our friend Ron Lister, who uh, sent us a great Would You Rather, which we're going to hear uh, in an upcoming episode. But in the meantime, I'm going to just read off his four on the floor real quick. Cool. He's calling from Lac La Joma, British Columbia, Canada. I'm probably sure I, uh, you know, messed that up. But, um, he is number one is an electro harmonics big muff ram's head reissue i mean mm. hard to make those sound bad um That's true. i probably could but mm, yeah you could the uh number two is the ernie ball expression series tremolo mm. ah so i guess that would be expression series is probably i'm guessing that's a pedal format i mean um like a rocker pedal format I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm not yeah, familiar I'm not, with I'm that one. There. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, look it up. And then number three is the Walrus Audio ARP87 delay. And every time I see that, I always say ARP. You know, ARP. I'm sure everybody does. But that's a really great delay. Now, I've uh, heard that one in person, played through that in person. It's mighty fine. Also, the Walrus Audio ACS1 amp and cab simulator. Hmm. Very interesting. So that's uh that's kind of a that's an interesting board right there. So thanks for uh for sending that in, Mr. Ron Lister. Cool. And um we encourage everyone else to share those with us and to share the would you rathers, which we got a real good one coming up later. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's get on with what's going on in our music worlds. This week we're going to swing by Tony's house. And uh, then we're going to go visit John McGinney. Oh, cool. cool. Well, um, this week, thankfully, and I, and, and I, and I appreciate everything. Uh, I have, I have written up more orders the first four days of March than I have ever done since I've been in business. Wow. It's cool. just, it's right. just coming in gangbusters and I love it. I mean, uh, the only downside is I'm, you know, it's, it, it's take, taking we're running a little bit behind at the shop but we're getting stuff out as soon as possible so anybody out there that's listening and you have something on order there's a few of you i know uh please be patient and i will 
get it out as quickly as possible and as good as possible. But uh, but yeah, that's that was just something that just just struck me today as I was at the post office picking up another six or seven packages, and uh, I'm just I'm just so thankful for it. I mean, because I I have a lot of friends who are you know doing half of what they used to do, and that's you know it's uh, mm. it's 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 a blessing. So thank you very much, everyone out there. Right on. Thanks, cool. Tony. That was in, that was inspiring and enlightening. And uh, not a total waste of our time. John, oh. can you... <laughs> <laughs> you hurting my feelings. No, I said it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I know when you're being smartish. <laughs> All right, John, how, what's going on in your music world? You know, besides guitar building, you, surely you must have something going on that uh, that you can share with us. Oh, yeah, man. We, we um, adopted a... Nine-week-old puppy. Oh boy! Wow, <laughs> yeah, it'll keep you busy. <laughs> oh yeah, and and up all night. So <laughs> it's oh my goodness, it's been fun. You know, uh, for about a week. I think it's been a little over a week now. So. What kind of puppy? Oh, it's a Yorkshire Terrier. So oh, it's all of like you know, one point six pounds of dog. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's so a, that's a Toto dog, isn't it? That's yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> so it's it's um yeah, it's new. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun that oh, is certainly yeah. new is yeah. it going to be a shop dog or i well she's got to like stay out from underneath all the machinery yeah probably yeah she's not really used to yet but uh we'll see if we can get there at some point yeah, yeah. i'm sure when those dust vacuums kick in she'll love it oh yeah she could <laughs> we could lose her in that easily hey, probably so. yeah, yeah. Or yeah. You, you'll find out that your bench your bench duster is actually barking at you yeah that's true <laughs> that's very true gotta lift the hood and make sure that uh, the dog's not crawled up into a compartment before you turn the blade on i know i know Jeez, so. that, that went dark well thanks thanks <laughs> morbid <Wow>. jared <laughs> well you know you see the the warnings about the cats up into the car engines and the wind, you know, what are you gonna do that's true oh that's dear true. interesting um, um, jared about yourself um so uh, I talked about the Gibson SG Custom Project, and that's kind of taken a different turn. Mm. Um, do, do I went up us. to I went up to good old Lay's up there, and uh, and I've talked about it a billion times. But I I, I went up there to check out how my Martin uh, is doing. Uh, I've got a 1969 Martin, and and. Um, Interesting enough, they, and I'm I'm sure some of you know this, and especially Tony. But when they finish those guitars, the necks weren't attached to the body, mm-hmm. so that's how Dan's going to do that. And they've they've got it about ready to be sprayed, so it's really really exciting. And I got to see the wood grain and all that kind of good stuff that I couldn't really tell uh, before. So it was it was really cool to see that in in progress and and. Uh, and I brought him up that brown, the UPS brown uh, SG Custom, mm-hmm. and it it had a boo boo on the on the neck. It was a neck repair. It was a little boo boo. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, my thoughts were to have that thing totally redone, refinish it, and like a purple sparkle, <laughs> and you know, yada yada. And I was just elated with dreams of grandeur and really wanted all that done. 
uh, and Dan's daughter works for her now. And she was in the room during the conversation. I was like, I want a gold sparkle. She's like, gold sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, Dan's like, eh, I would just touch it up. I'm like, really? He's like, eh, touch it up and leave it original. It'll be worth more money that way if you ever want to turn around and sell it. And uh, I related to think about that because, to be honest, the necks on those are very small, very tiny. The nut width is like nothing. So it's 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 kind of like a, a late 70s Fender Strat or Tele. There's just barely any nut length there. And it feels like a pencil. So I don't know. <laughs> I think Dan's advice was the right way to go. So I said, yeah, just just touch it up and you know, make it look as good as it can. And I'll just put original parts, you know, find some old age gold parts and put it all together. And if I don't like it, I can sell it and at least get, make a slight profit on it, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Well, yeah. I, I think that's, that's smart advice. I mean, if yeah. you, unless you, you know, are, are convinced and you like the way that it plays, although you haven't even, um, uh, you, this was the husk that you bought. Yeah, it was the, the husk. Yeah. So you don't you don't know how it how it feels or anything like that at this nah, point. I mean, I, yeah, it's kind of a mystery. And yeah. Like I said, I, I know I'll get I'll I'll make a, a nice profit on it if I go to to sell it, and it'll be a a working ready guitar too to somebody, mm-hmm. which is attractive. And the parts really are not not expensive to buy for that. Yeah. They're really easy to get. It, well, the gold harmonica bridge that probably cost me the most at like 120 bucks. Yeah, and, and it was original gold one too, and a brand new one costs around the same retail from WD. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, that's how that's going. And uh, mm. you're not going to route it out for a Floyd or anything. Uh-huh. I thought about it, but eh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, man. I mean, other than that. Business isn't near as good as Tony's, but no. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really in a good spot too. So it's 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 really nice to have work right now, and and I feel the same way Tony does. I'm I'm very blessed to have things to do when I wake up the next day. It's a good feeling. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Cool. That's a great story, Jared. I I'm can't sticking wait to more. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so for me this week, I've been spending. A hey, Todd, how about you? Time. <laughs> I did a. <laughs> I did a one minute wonder uh, featuring my Sheraton Two, uh, my Epiphone oh, Sheraton Two. And anybody not familiar with those, it's basically it's kind of like um. It's like a 335 style body, but it, I believe it's a, just a touch, a little bit bigger. It's bigger. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bigger. A little bit bigger. And it's Not just, much. it's more substantial, but the the finishing on it, you know, it's just, it is the, you know, the Cadillac treatment, you know, the, it's the amount of detail that they put into it. And for the price, it's, it's kind of stupid. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty fantastic guitar. Mm-hmm. I do suggest replacing the, the pickups and the electronics. Um, I have yeah. Jared's PAFs in there, and it's, it just sounds incredible. Um, and we did the, re- the the wiring. Jared, that's the um, what, what do you what do you call that kind of the wiring? 
It's oh, that's just harness. called a wiring harness for the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's called. No, the no, wiring. no. The, oh, the, the, pop, the potentiometers? No. The, you know, where, where it plugged in the middle. The, the wires from the pickup came in, and then the, wire, the wires from the pickups were separate from the wires from the harness, and it plugged, they plugged together. Oh, yeah. They're quick connects. Thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, for, I honestly forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So it's the quick connects. But, uh, you know, let's just answer this real quick. What's a downside of a quick connect when you're talking about uh, wiring harnesses and stuff? Well, there's just more metal and more um, ways for things to corrode and fail. You know, uh-huh. it's it's like... <laughs> You know how you have different adapters for different cords for different reasons? It's like using 10 adapters, you know, instead of just using one adapter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, you're kind of going out of your way to, for convenience, for production. And, uh, I, things are better off when they're just sealed together and soldered together rather than a quick connect. Uh, hmm. there may I don't all, think, go ahead, uh, Tony. I, I, I don't think it makes much, if any, difference. It is a lot more convenient if you do want to switch things out. Um, tonally, I don't really see much of it. As long as the connection is good and clean right. and metal to metal, uh, where you run into problems is, is if things start to corrode or oxidize or get, you know, mm-hmm. beer or well, whatever <laughs> poured onto them. Yeah. That's when you start having problems. But, I mean, in my personal preference is that, yeah, I, I, I'm with Jared. I like to wire things like like gibson used to mm-hmm. correct <laughs> but there's you know uh you know i don't think there's anything wrong with the quick connects but you know yeah <laughs> i i do recall the wires being and again i'm not an electronic expert but the wires were remarkably thin as i recall um and i think well, you put more substantial stuff in there again i don't know how much that matters maybe it doesn't at all i don't know but uh, I know that I I feel like it sounds a whole lot better now, um, largely due to the pickups. But anyways, point being, I for this particular um, one minute wonder, I decided, hey, I'm gonna I, I want to pull out the uh, the Sheridan two and and play that. I had some newer strings on it, and it just it's a, such a great playing guitar. And I haven't played it in a while, so I was like. Dang, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this down here in the basement and play this all week. So I've been having a good time jamming out with that. That's good. That yeah, is. and it's the burst, you know, color. They make it in burst black and natural, but the burst is like totally the way to go on those. So and that one has a bound guard on it, does it does it? It has everything you can think of. Uh, yeah. short of a kickstand, it's on this <laughs> this guitar. I um, could put I could put a big kickstand on it for you. you that would be hilarious. That would actually be really, really funny to put a kickstand on a guitar. <laughs> well, Guild did it in the 60s. Yeah, they did, right? Yeah. It wasn't yeah, so I mean, successful. Yeah. If they all had kickstands, we wouldn't have to take stands to the shows. Yeah. Right. Ah. All right. Well, uh, let's see what's, uh, what's going on with uh, Jared. You want to do it? Come on now. How about an Italian one? How about it? Some of this. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Hey, Tony. Oh, yes, Todd. You know what's a real big pain in the pedal? Uh, putting batteries in it. Well, yes, but aside from that, when you got a top-mounted jack pedal, you're trying to plug in those pancake 
cables mm-hmm. and they're they're like they're not fitting. You know what I found that works fantastic for that? It, I have well, no idea. Tour gear designs <gasps> patch cables. I've heard of these patch cables because the, the actual like the diameter is smaller than a dime. I believe it it's like just smaller than a dime. So think Dropping about that. Dimes. Instead of a quarter, you got a dime. Yeah, yeah. Right? I say it's smaller than a dime. It, it's just barely, and it feels like you only paid a handful of dimes for it. They start out at under six dollars for a Holy cable. Holy moly! Compare That's that. A- just do some comparative shopping, everybody. These oh, yeah. things are fantastic. They are super, super thin cables. They're flat cables. We all have them. This is one of the best guitar products that we've encountered. Mm-hmm. You can go to tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash guitar knobs, and you're going to save 10% on your entire order. I say Holy entire. Moly. Yes, yes, yes. You're, you're, you're telling me that I can get into these cables for... A hair over $5 with this discount code? That's correct. That's correct. Oh, and when you realize that, you're going to get a couple more, and then you're going to save even more money. It's a, it's a great deal. Tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash guitar knobs. You're going to be happy, happy, happy. Thank you to Tour Gear for making an awesome product. And thank you for sponsoring the Four on the Floor. Exactly. John McGinney, we need to hear your Four on the Floor, buddy. My Four on the Floor. Are you All ready right. for this? I'm ready for this. Good. I am too. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's let's get them one at a time and tell us all the delicious details about oh, each and every one of these. All right. We'll start with my like, my favorite of them all. It is the DOD analog delay, the FX90, the 80s mm. model. Oh, my goodness. That one. Yeah. I remember that. It's the one that has the power supply with the quarter-inch input jack. Yes. Of course. Yeah. It fits nowhere on your board. <laughs> right. Yeah. But... I, for some reason, I still have that thing sitting there. It's just never been replaced. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know why I love it. <laughs> it does what it's supposed to do. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a million other better boutique delays, but that thing just just does it for me. Yeah, it's a good um, one. I used to have one of those. Um, I was I think it was actually the first pedal I ever bought, and the you know back then I was just doing sort of like pull them out of the bag and, and chain them up on the floor. I didn't have a fancy pedal board or actually many pedals, but I really liked it. And then I was a dum-dum and sold it because I was like, I need a better pedal. And then I, I should have kept it. But when you're, you know, when you're, when you're at the beginning stages of gear acquisition syndrome, you, you have to turn things over. You have to sell things off to get better things. It's just oh, a yeah. fact of life. That's how it goes. That's so, how it goes. Yes. Uh, and I have, I have turned lots and lots of stuff over that I wish I hadn't. That I wish I didn't get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, classic MXR Phase ninety. That's I've always had one in some form or another. So I don't have a, I don't have like a cool vintage script one right now or anything. I I had I have had one in the past. I just have a new you know, orange brick, but it does it, what it's supposed to do. Does so the it, thing. It does the thing. So you so you prefer the ninety over the hundred? I just I'm I'm so simple that the one knob just it's like well, how could I go wrong with this? That's I, true. I can't mess this up. I'm <laughs> I'm really I'm not that I'm like not that tech savvy with stuff when it comes to like playing. I like I plug into things that work. It, they they do what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm really I I bypass the stuff a lot of times. I just play through the amp, but yeah. when I not this is this is what's there um 
I guess like moving on to number three mm-hmm. would be some some form of a wah pedal, which again doesn't get used all that much, but I f- still feel like I have to have it there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, right what's now, your, what's your favorite wah? My favorite wah, and I had one, and people are probably going to laugh, but it was it was a Morley, and it ah. wasn't. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Again, it was like probably early nineties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the reason I got rid of it is because it squeaked so loud. <laughs> I tried <laughs> it and everything. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. You know, and I was like doing my best, like my best Jerry Cantrell. And it's like everywhere I went with it, people were like, yeah, that dude, that, that dude's pedal is like, that's loud. <laughs> <It's not." laughs> so, uh, I scrapped it in favor of a crybaby, but I'd really, I'm going to scour reverb. I'm going to go on reverb tonight. Oh, there's loads of them. Yeah. I'm going to find one. I just had no idea. So I'm like, wow, this thing just, this is terrible. Like just bring it to the guitar shop and trade it for something else. And yeah, uh, I have heard from other people. I haven't personally done this, but when they have uh, decided, Oh my gosh, I, you know, you, you look down and you see that giant gear and it's got like hair and crumbs <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. All, and then oh. they're like, Oh, this is disgusting. I need to clean it. Well, the problem when you clean it, if you don't regrease it, yep. Then, <laughs> then you're, you, it's even worse. It's even worse. Yeah. 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 And, and nobody has a, 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 a tube of white lithium grease sitting in their house drawer. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jared does. Yeah. Jared does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's man. another story. Yeah, yeah different story. <laughs> so, oh, what do you got for number four? Number four, I have uh, I have a classic eight hundred eight. That's the Analog Man. Uh, Mike did the uh, the classic mod on that, mm-hmm. and uh, because he's local. I, I have actually been down to his place and got to hang out before and see all the cool stuff. And again, like fumble around with pedals that I have no idea what they do, but he does. And I, uh, I bought that from him and it's, I think it's been like 20 years that I've had oh, that. Wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's probably like, an yeah. early number then. Hey, it probably is. Yeah. Ooh, that's where you can get a, you can mortgage your house with that. Jeez. Oh man. I should look into that. <laughs> never, I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds good, man. That's yeah. that's a nice little lineup. That that'll get you some rocking tunes for sure. Oh yeah, excellent. Yeah. What's uh, what amp are you favoring these days? Oh, a little silver face champ at the house. Mm. You know, uh, it's nothing major. And then I've got um, I've been something a little bigger, the workshop. Um, mm. You know, I'll run like a a little orange and uh, an old custom cab that I have kicking around. Is that so, is that what you test on? oh yeah yeah a lot of times well i use the champ quite a bit because it's you know it it's not it's not overpowering i could really hear stuff but when i really want to drive everyone crazy it's yeah run it through the run it through the big amp awesome yeah that sounds good man well uh speaking of your guitars um cool. that's why you that's why we decided to have you on the show i oh, mean I shocker you. aside from being a nice guy that we want to talk to we want to find out your backstory on your on this, these uh, guitars that you're making. Thank you. Yeah. For, yeah. So. Um, and make sure, hey, everybody, if you haven't already done so, just hop over to Instagram and check out uh, Magini Guitars. M-A-G-H-I-N-I underscore guitars. Cool. So you have a couple of, uh, at least two, you know, sort of like key models. Right. right. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, why don't you tell us about those? Sure, sure. So they're both um, they're both a very retro styling that I've been kind of working on for a number of years. The uh, the satellite mm-hmm. and the zenith. Um, they're both relatively straightforward. Um, you can tell that my you know my background, my some of the most the, the instruments I really enjoyed were like Telecasters and Fender instruments. So that's sort of where I uh, come from. My background. Uh, so they are 25 and a half inch scale, um, bolt, bolt on construction. Uh, but that's kind of where it ends. And then everything else sort of falls into different pickup combinations and, uh, just being able to be a little bit more creative with the, the platform than just doing like uh, say like a telly or a strat. Or a Stratatelli. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I have one of those. I have I have some of those too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're what what would you say if you could um what are your insp- what was your inspirations? I know you said uh, Strat and Telly, but you you're clearly bending beyond that. Like what are some of the other things that have influenced you as far as your stylings go? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, for one, it's like the 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 Fender offsets, the Jags and the Jazzmasters and stuff were a big, you know, before they were like the the in thing that they are now. Um, they were always really, really appealing to me as were like the the Japanese guitars from the '60s, the the original Ibanez stuff, and uh, the, they were just basically copying the offsets and the American Fenders. But um, you know, the more modern stuff, I think some of the builders it, that I I definitely look at is uh, you know, inspiration to me, stuff like, you know, Saul Cole and, uh, stuff that Dennis Fano's done and Novo guitars, things like that. Um, really kind of pushing the envelope of traditional, like a vintage uh, appeal in a modern instrument. So. Uh, Yeah. It looks like you, uh, you have a, an affinity for the German carve. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to bring that into the mix. Like that's cool. Yeah. Thanks man. When I, I first started, I was doing like uh, set neck carved top guitars uh, like 20 something years ago mm-hmm. for a short time. And that was definitely a fun thing, but there was really, it was kind of a saturated market for that at the time because mm-hmm. there was PRS and uh, a handful of other guys that were like coming up behind that. So I, I quickly moved away and did, did a bunch of other things and then when I finally got back to it, it was like, you know, I want to put something together that's pretty unique. I don't want to just do something that's, you know, cookie cutter that everyone else is doing um, in terms of styling. So I just started to sketch stuff out and um, came up with these two as like sort of the, the the two basic models that I wanted to launch with and stick to that. So Yeah, well, I think what the, the nice thing is while both of these models – kind of look familiar they're they are very unique and especially i think you do you know make some changes with the pick guard shapes and and obviously the pickups and and things like that so i think it's a really cool uh there's that 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 the tricky you know the sweet spot to find something that's familiar and comfortable to people Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not that much of a departure, you know, that, you know, that they, they want to, you know, they're, they're like, no, I would never play that. Exactly. So I think both of these models that you talked about are in the ballpark where people say, yeah, I, I think I'd like to play that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the feedback I was hoping to get. And, um, it's, it's been positive. Uh, you know, they're, they're definitely, like I said, there's a familiarity to them. Um, mm-hmm. the feel 
neck shapes, things like that. It's I'm not getting you know too far out. There's uh, you know it's, it's really within spec of what a lot of other people are doing. So it's it's a comfortable feel uh, because you do get a lot of that. You get guys that are like, well, you know, they're not not going to go to a music store in you know in the Midwest and get to play two or three of them. So what does it feel like? You know, how does the how does it mm-hmm. compare to this or that? So mm-hmm. I find to, to say to somebody, well, you know, if you're if you know this particular model or that of a of a certain telly or sub, certain year of Fender, you'll find this is pretty comfortable. Um, so that's yeah, yeah. Curious to know when you're choosing parts and stuff. Like when you started out, what was sort of the process of honing in on the final parts that make it onto your guitar. Well, it was for me. I knew I wanted to start with like the Telecaster style bridge because I, I really do like that. Now there's so many choices in saddles. Um, for three saddle bridges that are compensated. So you get really good intonation and also uh, better quality materials. So that was one. I picked a bridge that I could work with and kind of off of that started to look at, you know, do I want to do a control plate? I want to offer it with both, with or without. Um, uh, I also wanted to go like with Cluson hardware for the keys and some of the other components just because it's such a, an iconic brand, even though it's not made in Michigan anymore and all that, it's still, it carries that to me, that, that vibe that all of the best golden age instruments had. Um, and it's WD guys are really, you know, just Mm. they're they're standup dudes. They've been really good to me over the years. Mm. Um, you know, every time I hear Cluzon, uh, I can't not think of Cluzo. And and every time I think of Cluzo, I I think of, what are you doing, you fool? That's a that's a priceless Steinway. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, uh boy, everybody's like, what's a pink panther? Um yeah. <laughs> go look oh. it up, everybody. Yeah. Um I'd love to just kind of get into uh some of the your, the choices that you made on get your guitars because I think a difficult thing for people to do, even those who aren't building, is to have that sort of editing restraint when is too much and when is when is this doesn't work but you you know you kind of want it anyway and, so, and sometimes it feels like it's difficult to find that editing voice when you do see somebody who's done that you're like it feels different it's like oh that's just enough that's just right the right choices were made does that come natural to you or is that you know, something you've had to work on I mean, if you feel like I have, like you, you look at mine uh, from that perspective, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look at it like, I don't want to date myself as an old guy who has like no sense of style mm. or something, you know, it's like too far is too far. I try to be, I guess I look at it like to be as simple and effective as possible, but I can definitely get into that, like pile it on there and mm-hmm. look at it next morning and be like oh what was i thinking like that's just mm-hmm. that's not cool um well i'll i mean i'll call out a couple things i think I, personally i actually really like clay dot inlays oh yeah i've noticed yeah. that on a couple of years where you know you've got sort of a, a metallic finish but and and it's kind of you know everything's spacey and retro and stuff but then you've got these really subdued um, you know, clay dot inlays. I'm like, that's a nice editing choice right there. Thank you. Putting the pickup toggle between 
the knobs. I'm like, that's a great place for that because you're not going to – I've had to take off toggles. I've had to tape them down. I've had to switch them yeah. out for rockers because I'm yeah. – I end up hitting them all the time. That's Yeah, that's me. I'm like a flailing hand player. So yes, exactly. The toggle is not in the place it needs to be. It is a real – it's a real drag. So, um, ah, they, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's another cue that I just sort of took from my own experience of like where do I feel comfortable with this – toggle being and uh, also you know stylistically it, it fits it does look right um just where it is and also sticking to it it's mm -hmm. like you can take input from people like and obviously you guys all know it's like everybody's an expert at everything so mm -hmm. if they don't like it they're gonna let you know and uh i learned a long time ago i think it was one of the guys i worked with early on was like yeah, he stopped me one day. He's like, "You gotta, you you can't you can't do what everybody wants you to do, because mm. that's all you're gonna do forever. Mm -hmm. You'll just be that guy. Mm -hmm. So if you make the you make the executive decision to put that toggle there, that's where that toggle goes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's that's kind of the, I guess in some ways I, I looked at that and was like, you know what, that's pretty good advice. I think I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. And I also noticed on on the ones that have a tele control plate, you flip it so that the volume is close to the pickup and the switch is uh, it, not where it typically is. Which typically, I, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've done that with every tele that I <laughs> thank you. As I'm the same way, I'd, I'll just flail right into a, the switch and knock it out of where it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you uh, let people um, decide, like you know, like uh, instead of the toggle? What if somebody wants a, a, a three-way switch, like a, a lever switch, like a strat yeah. switch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would, I mean, are you open to that? Yeah, or? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. I'm tooled up to do it. It's just there's, a, I think, a preference on my end. I might be, I might be pushing the, the switchcraft toggle yeah. a little more so than a, like a, a three-way uh, in that particular model. Um, but I don't think there's any reason I couldn't, I couldn't do one for somebody if they wanted it. Yeah. yeah, and uh, pickups too. Are you you're winding your own pickups? I uh, I am. I am. I'm definitely not on the on the level I like <laughs> where you're at. And I'm looking at yours. Uh, I was like on Instagram last night checking out your your shop and uh, your, your your equipment, which is it blows my mind. But uh, no, I'm I'm hand winding these, and I'm pretty much sticking to like single coil stuff. I have some humbuckers that I'm working on now, like. Uh, I'm not trying to get into like the PAF arena of making a, a, a clone or anything at this point in my life, but basically stuff that I dig, like I had a couple sets of uh, like Alnico pole P90 pickups from Lawler thought they were really cool. They sort of brought that mix of jazz yeah. master and P90 together. And I said, dude, I, I could probably, you know, I could take a shot at doing this. And um, I started getting into it. And the more I, the more I wound them, the more I found that I really did like what I was getting out of it. Uh, so I, I kind of have just been doing as much of that as I can. Well, I, uh, I myself think that's a really, really special added feature to a guitar builder uh, when they can wind their own pickups. I mean, of course, I'd like to get all the business I can, whatever, you know. I mean, that's, that's, nat <laughs> sure. that's natural. However, I do have a lot of respect for uh, builders such as yourself that just wants to do as much as they can in house. I think that's, that says a lot you know, in my opinion. 
Yeah. So kudos for you for, for taking that on. Cause that's, it's not easy to get started doing that stuff. No, no, it's, it's a hurdle that I kind of got over. Um, it's a funny thing. It's like I could build instruments and I'm really confident in you know, my, my ability to build instruments and fretwork and finishing. And then it came to the pickups and I was really skeptical of what people were going to think of my pickups. And, yeah. uh, you know, you do a couple of shows and you bring them out and people play them and, um, you know, it was well received. So I was like, well, I'm on the right path. And, you know, well, if you have any questions about that or you can't get a hold of the person you've been talking to, or I don't know if any's been helping you along the way, but you're always welcome to, to throw me an email and I can help I, you out. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it, man. And I will take sure. you up on it. That's, mm-hmm. that's for sure. And then you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll probably regret <laughs> offering. No, not really. I enjoy um, talking I'm, about it. So. I know we all, you know, that's the best part of this is like, I was excited to get the, uh, you know, the invite to come do it because this is like, this is right in my wheelhouse, man. I, I can nerd out on guitar stuff and the tech, the tech end of this for, for, you know, forever. And obviously it's been a number of years, so I'm getting pretty good at it. So, so one of the, I, I believe the guitar that when I first ran into your brand, I saw this guitar and I was like, holy moly, goodness, look at this thing. And it is a, it is Zenith, specifically the 1504. Yep. It's this, is it Pelham Blue? It looks like a turquoise Pelham. This thing is gorgeous. Oh, yep. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it looks like it's it's almost like a candy. Yeah. Because there's a shot that you have on Instagram, and, I mean, the reflection of the knobs into it, it looks like it's translucent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's sitting in front of me. It's on the rack right now, and... um it started off so for you know all intents and purposes my my background is i I built a lot of electric bases Mm -hmm. and i did that for a number of years and just like more specific the the classic electric that's on my site is a it's a p base for for you know um i had orders for candy apple red and i had these guys that were like should it be over you know should it be sprayed over silver or gold base so i laid out some samples and this guitar was one of the samples and I didn't want to spray a red. So I mixed this blue, just translucent blue and lacquer. And I shot it over it and went, Oh wow, that's really cool. It's freaking fantastic, man. That's one of the best looking guitars I've ever seen. I mean, it's beautiful. The pick card choice was absolutely perfect. I don't know if it makes the blue better than what it is, but you really, really uh, hit a home run on that. Thank you. Tony, what's that called? Uh, I call it tiger eye shell. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's it's, that's it's kind of an kind of an orange and black and maybe even a little bit of silver mixed in with it. I think yeah. it's it's cool material. I, I've I've used that. I have a, a a zebra shell, which is kind of the black and silver and white version of that, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Cool. Yeah, I think that's what I purchased it as. I don't know. But even on this one, this is a great example of what we were talking about. You've got a candy sort of what what color do you have a name for this color i think i call this something like turk candy turquoise or me mm. i'm you know, i shouldn't even make a guess at that i have it's listed for sale somewhere with an actual name you should call so, it sultan something i don't know why it's oh that's, that's ocean blue metallic ocean oh, blue, ocean blue. Yeah. Thank, yep. thank you i knew ocean it was blue metallic um so you've got this ocean blue metallic that literally looks like you could put your hand into the guitar um and then this insane tiger what tiger 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 eye, eye shell tiger eye shell which this orange pearly black inky 
pick guard. And then you've got sort of real sort of classic uh, off-white pickups and knobs. Yeah. Which if it was, if you went metal on those or something, it would just take everything over the top and it would be too much. And that's what I mean. It's like, man, I appreciate the choices that you made on some of these guitars. Thank you. Yeah. What kind of what kind of knobs are those, Todd? Volume and tone. (laughs) What up? Cupcakes. Cupcakes. I was just gonna say that. I was was thinking food. I was thinking food myself. Brownies. Brownies for Jared. They're brownie knobs. Or peanut butter cups, the little ones. Yeah. (laughs) I think I have some that look look like peanut butter cups. I have some ones that are really cool too. What's your uh, of those two? What's your favorite model to build or do you i mean do you have one is kind of i enjoy doing both of them i really do um probably the zenith sometimes because it's just a little i think less traditional like it just has that squared shoulder shape to it that i Mm -hmm. when i'm building them for somebody i'm like yeah they you know there's something about them they they get it yeah yeah it's it's a special looking guitar it's unique and i think that's one of the hard things to do is make something that's unique (laughs) Yeah. It's a good time in the industry, I think, for for like unique right now. I think it's more accepted than it was like 20 years ago. I feel um, like it's a really good time and place to be doing this. And, um, you know, well, just, one really of the cool. things that makes that easier, we brought this up on the show, and I'd love to actually get your uh, thoughts, which is why you're on the show. Um, but I think before the influx of so many boutique builders – or mm-hmm. at least the access that we have right. to, you know, the access also gave way to more and then more gave way to more access. So it was like, you know, slowly, slowly the mountain has built. Um, but before that was really the case, you, whatever guitars were in the shop is what, you you know, at the, the local big box or whatever, that, that was the range of guitars. So... Somebody that came along, if you happen to find one, a used one at a guitar shop or something, you're not gonna you're not gonna slap down your money on something. You're like, I don't is this what is this brand? I do is it good? And, yeah. and and I'm are people gonna think I'm a dork if I'm on stage with this you know crazy guitar that nobody knows who it's made by or you know there's there's still sort of like weird crowd shaming of <laughs> or, or at least. <laughs> Uh, cr- guitarists in crowd shaming of of whatever you're playing, um, that influx of boutique builders and the accessibility has just made it like just so much more like man, who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really cool cool way to look at it because in fact you know, it's it's kind of cooler to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's um, you know that's that's definitely a positive for the, for the industry itself as a whole, because, yeah. you know, the, it, I hear all sides of things. It's like, Oh, the guitar industry's dead. And I don't see that. I mean, I, I don't want to see that if it was true, but I don't see it that way at all. Um, you know, I think maybe the, the iconic guitar hero thing of like, you know, the, the seventies and stuff, and maybe even eighties. And for me, the early nineties is, is definitely changed. But I think that the, the, you know, the interest is still there. Um, mm. I'm, I'm staying busy. So obviously somebody's interested somewhere. Um, well, but, yeah. the other, the other aspect of that is before you got a guitar and that guitar may be just like, 
you know, 10,000 other people have. Right. And as soon as people said, wait a minute, I can have something that's unique. And I got it from the person who actually made it and probably actually helped to make a few design choices on it. That's why we love this stuff. And that's where art meets function. It's one of the rare things in life that you really do get to do that, especially for something that you are going to cherish and and is going to be special to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a huge part of that. And I think that's for me, I'm really fortunate that I, you know, for some days I feel really fortunate that I, you know, I, I've put a lot of time into it. So I'm at a point now where I, I feel, like I said, like I'm confident in, you know, uh, I, what I'm capable of doing and seeing the reaction people have to the, you know, to, to that process and the finished product is, is super rewarding because as now as it's like not financial, like, you know, rewards in the end of this, that's for sure. <laughs> but, mm. you know, I'm not going to get rich doing it, but the, um, you know, the, 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 the upside is just how much enjoyment I get from it. So yeah. are, you, are you doing all your own painting? I do. Yeah. That's a whole nother special headache that I've decided to, to take on. But, um, yeah, I have for years and I've gone back and forth with, you know, do I want to continue to just kind of push forward with sticking with traditional because everything is nitro and it's, it's, it takes time. So there's that whole factor of getting that worked into the schedule, but I'm just, I'm stubborn. I'm pretty used to using it. So I'm, I'm, you know, fairly, uh, I feel like after 20 something years, fairly decent at it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, some days. Well, nice all anybody has to do is look at that, uh, silver base that you have up there. And, um, oh. I mean, that should, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, should verify that. that. That should, that should, it was, there was a comparison done on that base when the, the customer got it with a, a friend of his as another brand. And he was like, yeah, mine, my finish feels slightly thinner than the McGinney. And I was like, yeah, well that's Inca silver. And I don't want to tell you how, <laughs> how hard it was to get that, <laughs> that finish. <laughs> I mean, it's, it looks beautiful. Thank you. Um, Thank now you. you're in the Northeast, right? Uh, Are yeah. they, yeah. Connecticut? Connecticut. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How much does the, and I'm, it's kind of a setup question because we've got a couple friend builders who are, you know, here in Ohio, Chase, Chase Gullett being one of them who has really struggled with the weather is such a huge factor in painting and which affects your actual production Absolutely. schedule and everything. Do you run into those same problems? I do. I do. Um, like I love this time of year cause it's just, it's cold and dry. So as long as the booth is warm, um, <laughs> Everything flows really well. Uh, summertime is absolutely terrible. As soon as the humidity hits, oh, yeah. it's just soaking wet. Uh, but I've I've developed like enough tricks that uh, I know when it's going to be really humid, I try not to take you know try not to go in the booth and spray dark colors um, mm. if I can help it. Um, mm. Put plenty of uh, you know plenty of retarder in the in the lacquer to slow down the the cure, so it'll gas off slower and hopefully. It gets a little. Get some of that for Jared. A little bit of blushing. In it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it'll disappear by tomorrow morning. So. So have yeah. you have you heard about those, um, the auto spray booths that you can actually they're they're actually blow up. So you yeah. you could get one of those pumps, the air pump that just stay on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine they. Have you thought about doing something like that? I I would probably look into something like that if I had enough 
like paint work to justify it. So I have, um, what I have is I have like, uh, what they would call like a, it's, it's an open front spray booth. I don't know if that's really, the, I, that's probably not the right term for it, but it's, it's it out of now. the, it is now, uh, we shoved this thing into a small room like 20 years ago and it vents out and it's, it's properly vented and it's an explosion proof fan and filtration and everything. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty old school, but it gets the job done. And I've just been, I think I just taught myself to do with as little as possible when it came to, uh, the finishing, uh, especially the equipment, not, not the, not my, my guns and everything. That's another story. Um, but the actual booth, that would probably be awesome. Um, although I probably don't have any room to put it. Uh, that's the other thing too. It's like kind of fight for space. Uh, just always, it, I feel like every time I've moved and I've moved to a little larger place, it's like without the machinery and everything in there, it looks amazing. And I get everything in. It's like, oh man, this is, it's kind of just a little bigger than the one before and I can fill it right back up. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's definitely, um, something to, to look at would be a more, uh, I guess, climate controlled paint, paint area, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah. John, how did you get started in all this? Like, because oh, uh, you're pretty far along and you've, you've got a sophisticated setup. I've seen some pictures. We've been talking. I think we've got a good idea that you're not just hacking these things away. <laughs> no, no, I've accumulated a lot of stuff. Um, kind of by chance, I suppose. Like, I was just, in, I was a, I was just like a gear nerd. You know, I was like one of those kids. It was like, you know, I got a guitar and. I, you know, other kids are like learning songs and I'm like taking my guitar apart. It's just what I, you know, like I'll figure out how to put it back together. Um, a couple of trips to the music store and, you know, my mother's like yelling at me for taking whatever it was, like the springs out of the trim and I didn't know where they went back. You know, I didn't know you had to put them all back in. Uh, just stuff like that where it was like learning from my own mistakes and mm-hmm. eventually I just got this confidence. It's like, oh, you know, people build guitars. I could build a guitar and um, set out to figure out how to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, at one point I was like really fortunate to get a job in a, in a really busy shop in Connecticut. That was, you know, a really cool experience to work, um, you know, side by side with someone who'd been doing it for 30 something years at the time and in a repair environment. So, um, that was, that was a big, uh, help along the way. Mm-hmm but mostly just for making a lot of mistakes. I've learned a bunch from that, and, you know, uh, what works and what doesn't, and what, what I'm capable of and what I'm not capable of doing. So this is your full time. It's, it is, this is my full time. It's been kind of that way on and off for a bunch of years. Um, although this past year has been like more full time kindergarten kitchen teacher than, <laughs> <laughs> than Luthier. Sure. Yeah. That was, what was my, the point where you decided, yeah, this is full time. Like, did was there some magical thing that happened? No, I think at the time for me, I was working in a production cabinet shop doing kitchens and bathrooms, and uh, the the company I was working for was like, I mean, it was cool. They were really good to me, but it it was kind of scary to to look around and be like, I I don't think I could. I don't really want to come back tomorrow. I, mm-hmm. I think this is like going to be my last week here, and I'm going to have to figure out how to make it work with the guitar thing because i i really couldn't stand the thought of like any more like fruit wood stained you know kitchen cabinets that that needed assembly or anything else to do with that um which was fun and it was it was a you know it paid the bills 
but I, I kind of ultimately knew I wanted to, to pursue this full time. I just didn't know how to make that happen. And, um, I think one of the things everyone used to say is like, Oh, you know, the best advertisements word of mouth. And I would look at people like, Oh yeah, we live in like, we live in the woods in Connecticut. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like word of mouth. Like, yeah. And, you know, years later I kind of look back and be like, Oh yeah, that's what that means. Mm. You know, building cabinets is one thing, a bunch of straight yeah. lines yeah, and, and uh, no strings and no intonation and no electronics and everything. In the process of building your guitars, it seems as though everybody kind of has one thing that they're like, I was cool till I had to do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it was definitely finishing. Like I was like pretty, um, pretty adamant that I had it down. Like I read some books and I watched some Stu Mac videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm on this. Like I'm gonna go spray some lacquer. And my first my first batch of stuff I sprayed, I was like, I'm gonna do some bursts and some some crazy uh, you know, I I just had this huge <laughs> plan and I think everything went wrong. I think immediately like I got a an airline contaminated with oil and everything that you could think of happened all at once. Um mm. I think I also suffered the first panic attack I ever had at that point. It was like, <laughs> what I have had, I done? <laughs> what have I done? I was refinishing a customer's like late 60s SG. And oh my like, gosh. Yeah, it was one of my early jobs. Uh, was, you know, I took on, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. That's not a problem. And that was at the time where like that stuff was okay. Like you could refinish, you know, they were, you guys were talking about earlier. It's like refinishing a full SG and, now we, we look at it and be like, no, you, you don't want to do that. It's mm. like, it's just going to kill the value. But, um, this one was really, really bad. It was like one of those stripped. So it looked like, I don't know, like plain walnut or something. It was just terrible, but it, that's Jared's favorite. Those are, those, those seem to find their way to my shop a lot, but <laughs> this one went back to cherry red and it came out fine. But, um, I was getting like this pinhole effect in the finish in the top coats and it wasn't showing up until I wet sanded it. And I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't figure it out. And it was, is that the same thing as, as orange peel? Well, the orange peel is actually just the finish. Like if you're pushing air, um, with the lacquer out, you're actually sort of rippling the finish and that happens. Mm. That always happens. So you can flow it out. You learn to flow it out a lot better as you go. This was actually a result of me holding the gun too close to the guitar. Mm. But I didn't learn that for like another three years. So for like three good years, I just went like it was hit or miss. Like every few I would get this, it would show up in the darker colors. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And finally, I, I don't know if it was someone saw me from a distance. They're like, hey, you know what? You're way too close. Or I put something together because, again, I don't think we really had as much, you know, YouTube. And I, we didn't have YouTube then. This is mm -hmm going back like i'm dating myself like i'm some old dude i'm like i'm not that <laughs> but you know we didn't really have we're one. all pre-youtube so that's cool no yeah worries. good we're all on the same page with <laughs> we learned from books yeah um, yeah but i um I, I just learned from like i said it was like kind of a lot of just learning from mistakes and as um as i got a little better at it i would like definitely not going to do that again. And there was that whole, you know, I might do that again if I think it worked And that one, I'm definitely not going to do again. And that kind of stuff just sort of happened, um, mm. in the early days. Uh, so you've been doing this, uh, several years and 
one of the things that we are uh, we just truly get happy about is when we find out that somebody has decided to go off and try this on their own, you know, whether it's building pedals or building guitars or building amps or whatever. And um, we've gotten a lot of email saying, well, you know, we finally did it and I'm, I'm deciding I'm going to try this. And it, honestly, I, I can't even explain how awesome that makes us feel when we yeah. find that out. Um, that, that's not, it was never our goal, but it's like, wow, there have been several that have. Knowing that somebody, somebody out there maybe just has been itching to get out there and go like, you know, I'm going to build one myself. I want to try this. Can you just give maybe a, a, a word of advice? Oh, yeah. I mean, let me think that through. Well, if they were, have already tried spraying a guitar and they're getting that pinhole thing, now they know that they're holding the gun too close to the finish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There That's you go. Um, no, so, I would say, you know... Um, Really, just uh, it's hard to it's hard to sum it up. Like, just go for it and then do it. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes, but I mean that's just natural. And really put you know put the effort in. That's I think that's a big thing. Is like people get to a point where they maybe get a little bit like you know uh, whether they they back down, they're they're nervous that it's like not going to work out for them or whatever. Just you know push through it. Just uh, keep going, and uh, you know, really, really work hard to to try to like really get good at what you're doing, perfect that that you know part of it. And a lot of times we come out at the end and find that it might not be for you to do the whole thing, but there might be some part of that process that you're really good at that can turn into something too. So yeah, well, yeah. I think that's something to consider, and we've talked about this before where. I think more and more people are being open to saying, I can still create something and I don't have to be the best at every aspect of that something. And I can ask someone who's better at that something to do that something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's very freeing. If you've got a great idea and you say, I know what this thing looks like. I've seen it in my head. I sleep When I go to sleep at night, I dream about this thing. And I think I could do it except for this one part. You know, I don't know that I could create a neck. Well, then don't, but build right. the rest of it and, and, and get a neck or have call somebody up who's been on the show and say, Hey, can I get a neck from you or something? And I think that's a big hurdle when you're looking at building an instrument, building a guitar. That was for me. That was like a thing that in the, like, you know, when I was really young, like high school, um, I was not so confident in the ability to make a neck. And I don't know why I look back on it. It's like, so who cares? So why the neck sucked big deal. It's like the, maybe it didn't intonate or something when we were done, but I had that hurdle. I couldn't get over until I got out um, and started to work in another shop. And then I was, you know, my mind was put at ease. It's like, it's maple. You glue a fingerboard on there. And if you put the slots for the frets in the right place, it'll, it'll tune to pitch and mm -hmm. put the bridge where it's supposed to go. You're fine. It's just wood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I kind of let, like, you know, look back at it. It's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, it was, it was just a, it was just a piece of wood, you know, but what do you think most people starting out freak out the most about? Probably the neck, you know, cause there's still a, mm -hmm. I get a lot of guys that are like, they don't, they don't trust themselves to adjust their truss rods or anything, you know, and that's, that's fine. Cause that's a scary 
you know, that's a scary proposition on an expensive instrument. But for me, I look at it, it's like, well, it's not a big deal as long as you don't go crazy and you know, break something. But um, probably the neck or wiring. I know a lot of guys are just like, and I'm sure you guys have all seen it. It's like you open up someone's guitar and it's like, what did they wire it with? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, with a cigarette lighter. That's how yeah. it works. Yeah. Well, big solder gloves. Yeah. You know, it's like you look at that, and you're like, oh, that guy's got one of those big soldering guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 He's got really confident with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's not the right tool for the job. But. Are you going to be planning on making any new models in the uh, future? Or are you sticking with your your tried and true here? Yeah, yeah. I've actually been toying with the idea of bringing in a, um, like a, a 24 and three quarter scale. Actually, like it's really, I think I was looking at doing like a 24 and five eighths, which is the, the original, like the older, older Gibson stuff. I think, I mean, I have a couple that I think are in that realm of somewhere between 25 and 24 and five eighths and 24 and three quarter. Um, we call it the Gibson scale, I guess, but yeah, that's something I'm, I'm, you know, really excited to introduce and whether it goes on to like the satellite or a Zenith, um, or maybe something along the lines of like a, uh, like a Les Paul jr. Kind of vibe, mm. uh, that might happen in the next mm. few months. Mm. So are you, are, are you planning on any, uh, any tremolo systems? Yeah. That's another thing. I have a, a couple of, uh, couple of things on the shelf right now that I'm playing with, um, Mm-hmm. You know, that's, um, I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to do like a jazz master, like, a, you know, uh, quite yet, but I, I definitely have, you know, some ideas for them, but I have a, a couple orders right now for like strat trims. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have a, a, a brand that you like to use or? No, I haven't really, I haven't really done enough with, uh, with trim stuff over the years. I've, I've used in the past, like, um, like Godo for, for some of the two point trims, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like, like the knife yeah. edge stuff. Yeah. Um, these are going to get, uh, these are probably going to get like a clue on. Um, and I don't have to decide if I want to try the two post or stick with the traditional strat style. Um, I haven't drilled anything, so it's, it hasn't been firmed up, but, um, I like the vintage stuff, but I also like the adjustability of having the height of the two post. So mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, Kind of yeah, I think balance. I think you know there's some purists that you know have to have that you know six screws vintage style. But mm-hmm. personally, I think that the the two post is a more uh, adjustable and and user friendly system than 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 the, the more vintage style. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no problem. I mean, I want to bring that whole vibe of, you know, it, it's not a it's not a straight vintage instrument. It has that appeal, and that's the the styling behind it. But I want the thing to function. So ultimately I want the best functioning hardware. So, um, probably see a two post if I, you know, when I, when I do that model, it'll most likely be something like either a Godo. Um, I think Cluson's making one now. I have to look at WD cause I've been buying, um, like I said, a lot of stuff from them. They've been really good throughout this whole last year about keeping, uh, as much as they can in stock. I don't know about you guys, but I found like a lot of the <laughs> vendors coming into this, like March, oh, April yeah. of last year, just sort of fell off the map. And then they came yeah. back on and it's been um, large amounts of back order stuff yeah. for, for months. Yeah, the, as long as you don't need a Bigsby B5, that was Oof. my, my <laughs> dilemma. Oh my God, yeah. they're, they're still out. <laughs> oh, Unless you need man. a gold one. There's plenty of Yeah, those. the gold ones are always <laughs> always available for some reason. Oh. Uh, 
I, I, you know, again, toyed with even, even doing something in the, the realm of like a Bigsby with the, the cut telly bridge, um, would be kind of cool just to have, but I have to limit the, the amount of things that I want to build and put on the shelf. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's been great getting to know you and learning about your guitar story here. It's always inspiring to hear where somebody started, where somebody fell into difficulty and made it out of it. And I, I hope that uh, maybe there's somebody who's listening right now. You know who you are if you're listening and you're like, <laughs> I just need to get pushed over the edge. Do it. Well, there's your nudge. Go do, do it, it, man. Yeah, do do it. it. All right. We're going to find out what's going on with our buddy Jared, probably knee-deep into a pie right now. A pie. Pie? This point of the show, I got to grab this thing out of my little pocket called Would You Rather? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> This week's Would You Rather is from our old buddy Double B, Bruce Bacon. Yep, this one's a tidbit different, and change is okay sometimes, right? Uh, you're a guitarist in a local Pink Floyd tribute band. You already own your dream amp, but its Achilles heel is the effects loop, which degrades your tone about 20%. So would you rather the trifecta version... A, stick with your dream amp and continue to use the tone-sucking effects loop knowing no one in the audience will know the difference. B, stick with your dream amp, bypass the effects loop, and run your modulation pedals through the front of the amp and deal with the limitations. Or C, sell your dream amp and buy two lesser quality amps for a wet-dry rig, which makes your modulation effects sound glorious but your core tone is slightly above average and carrying and setup are more difficult mm. three choices i don't know what to do with myself so what you're saying is you can have a use the amp that you love and you love the tone out of but you have to use the effects loop which you feel is sucking tone yep you can front load the amp with a with it with it going into the uh, bypassing the effects loop, which or, is limiting. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There are some amps that don't like that. And then the third option is to sell the amp that you love, and then buy two amps that give you the more flexibility, so that you can have dry and wet signal in each. That's amp. right. Okay. And this is for a, a, a local pink. Floyd tribute band that you happen to be doing an There's awesome job. There's a lot of modulation, a lot of delay, a lot of stereo, a lot of knickknacks and paddywhacks. Mm -hmm. mm. This is a curious case, and it's a real case that I'm sure a lot of people have to deal with. Anybody that's, I mean, this is kind of like a, a, a big Marshall issue, isn't it? Uh, mm. Mm. Uh, okay. Balonsky? Well, in my local Pink Floyd cover band called uh, Call Me Sid, S-Y-D. Is that the challenge? Uh, we got to come up with local Pink Floyd yes, cover you have band to come up, Yeah, <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's part, part, part A of the challenge. Come okay. up with the local. So Call Me Sid is, uh, is, is mine. Um, 
I think, I mean, uh, I would probably opt for the two amp setup if I could know what the two amps are. You know, I wouldn't want to go and have to buy like two pig nose amps or something like that. Um, but if they were decent amps and I wanted to get the full stereo panning effect, nothing comes better or closer to that or sounds better to in my book than having two amps. Um, so assuming that they are of decent quality, um, Call Me Sid is going for the sell the amp that I have and buy two amps so that I can take full advantage of stereo and a wet dry kind of setup. Amen. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Jared. Yeah. My local Pink Floyd tribute band called just a little pinprick. Mm. I will definitely go with C. I mean, that's Tony pretty much took all the reasoning and, good explanation i would just try to say think the same that tony says but would just screw everything up so <laughs> right so yeah i i definitely with all those effects i definitely want my guitar to be uh totally stereo delay all the good stuff that um you know you hear on the floyd records of course mm. yeah so definitely i i i would go with the two less uh, to be honest with you, not uh, nobody in the crowd. I mean, you might have one or two gear snobs in the crowd out Todd. of the three people that are there. What? So, Todd. So <laughs> you know, uh, I don't really care what people think of my gear that are out in the crowd. They just want to hear the songs that they know and have a good time, and want it to sound like the record. Right. Pretty much, <laughs> they're out of there. So, and I like the name of your band because it ties in with the whole vaccination thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, let's see here. John, you're oh. up, man. Pressure's on. Pressure is on, I know. For my four pedals, I play through a champ. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I I would have to go with the same. I would say two amps. Um, if you could have your choice, something, of, you know, like you said, something decent quality, nothing... Um, no, no, like a uh, couple of solid state pawn shop prizes that are just <laughs> bottom of the barrel, <laughs> bottom of the barrel stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Cause you know, you're going to get the guy in the crowd that wants to hear Freebird, and you better be ready to deliver, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're, <clears throat> you know, at the end of the night, uh, and the name of your pink Floyd cover oh, band, Oh man, I, I would, <laughs> that's a tough one. That is, I'm sketching things and I'm looking at it and I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm going to, I, I really, I have nothing good. Hmm. 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 We'll give you, we let him slide. We'll let him slide since we'll let him guest. slide. He's the oh, guest. Appreciated. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Todd? Well, um, I'm definitely going to amps for sure. Okay. That's because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, A, I'm not, su I'm never been really good with the, uh, the loop, the amp loop, um, the effects loop in the amp. <laughs> and two, I actually, I love the idea of two amps. I like the idea of having just a multiplied sound and not just more of one, but, you know, 
uh, that that variance. I think that would be. I know I'm. Tr- I do that with my own rig uh, to a mm-hmm. degree. So I did use two amps at shows just to get a true stereo effect sound, and it worked. Two, I, I'm proud two of massive that. orange amps. I, yes, <laughs> and I'm proud of it. And it worked. Jared and buys it, everything in twos. Yeah, it's true. And everybody left there saying. Even uh, shoes. Probably nothing about <laughs> my setup, right? But mm-hmm. I don't care. And Todd, yes. what is the name of your Pink Floyd cover band? <laughs> um, my Pink Floyd cover band is Shine On You Crazy Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, We're I like it. We're going to dress up like wrestlers while we, <laughs> <laughs> nice. while we play Pink Floyd songs. Yes. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. excellent. So <laughs> kind, of, kind of a... Los straight jackets uh, meets Pink Floyd. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so oh, there you God. go. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I, I just have this picture in my head right now, and it's it's disgusting. But <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Well, um, you can thank me, Tony, and then you can thank all of our awesome <laughs> supporters. Why don't you? Hit us up with Oh, that. thank you, Todd. You're welcome. At this point of the show, there's a special group of people that we love to thank for their support. These are our executive producers. Now, you may be wondering there, what in God's name is an executive producer? And even more importantly, how do I become one? Because I want to be in that gang. Well, it's very simple, folks. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and you'll find a couple of different levels in which you can participate become a sponsor a patron if you will of this very podcast without folks like you we just couldn't make this happen and we want to keep making it happen forever one of the top levels is their executive producer level you get a great bevy of thank you gifts things like t-shirts and barefoot buttons and picks and stickers and uh, keychains, all the good stuff. But you get one thing more. And Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers, Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Richard Kendall, Tyg Harmon, John Williams, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, David Rando, Douglas King, Gary Cooper, Ron Saxby and Elad Mizrahi. Yeah, I think you nailed it that time. Yeah. You like that little ah, at the end? Mizrahi. But wait. Huh? There's there's the 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 keepers of the penthouse suite just barely a floor above from our executive producers. These are our grand poobas. They get a Special fez to wear whilst listening to the podcast. There's gold toilets in that floor. <laughs> That's right. I've never been up there, so I, I, I couldn't say for certain, but I'll take your word for it, Todd. 
So special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. S. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Tim Nowak, and Tyler Rines. Thank you, thank you, and a thank you very much. Exactamon. And uh, I'm just going to throw a little teaser out there. We've got a pretty big announcement for <gasps> our our patrons and supporters, uh, specifically the Poobahs. But then Poobahs. That's gonna, there's going to be a trickle-down effect. But um, more to come on that later, okay? Are, is your is your Pink Floyd cover band going to play a special <laughs> show for them? I'm 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 working out, man. I'm getting ready for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, John, where can people find your guitars? Where can people buy your guitars? People can buy my guitars. They can go direct to my website or check it out. I usually list stuff on Instagram that will take you to like Reverb, um, and uh, that's that's probably the the place to go uh, check the check the reverb page often and uh, look for look for updated stuff I'll, I'll put up on there as it becomes available is that nice. beautiful blue beautiful beautiful it's a beautiful guitar is that blue is. is that still <laughs> up, is that still for sale can someone buy that someone could buy that very guitar yes they could Jeez wow. Louise. you better somebody better go get that thing toot sweet cool tony baloney where can people get your stuff if you just you need a special pick guard or you're making some changes, whatever, head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I have available for online purchase. But by and large, most of what I do is custom. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will take very good care of you and give you a pick guard you're going to love. That's right. Get some of that tiger eye burrow. What tiger eye shell? I was just going to say that. I do. I, I stock that. Cool. Jared, how about yourself? Well, if you're in need of uh, new pickups, new pickups that look old to match your old guitar, whatever. Or uh, you have pickups that need repaired, restored, old, super old pickups that are so old that you don't even know how old they are. They're just crusty and stuff. I fix those too. Uh, BrandonWildPickups.com. I'm also on Instagram, BrandonWildPickups. Any questions or concerns, get a hold of me any which way. And new new pickups for Pete's sakes. You make awesome new pickups. Oh yeah, I do <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. And, and hum and hum canceling P nineties and hum canceling jazz masters. Yeah, Yum. the ja- the uh, the jazz masters, the noiseless jazz masters. They um they do the trick. They give the guitar a little more umph. They're a little more usable than the traditional, and uh, and yet they still hold some of the. Um, nice bell tones of the originals as well, but just well more usable. So cool. check them out. Cool. And they don't have any of this. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. What Tony. about you, Todd? Well, you can shoot me an email, Todd at the guitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. I will share your message with the fellas. We That's will us. answer questions. We would love to get your would you rathers. And, um, yeah, other than that, I just want to give a big fat thanks to John McGinney for, number one, making some awesome guitars, and yes. two, joining us on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. You bet, man. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody, have a great guitar weekend. Subscribe! Yeah. I'm McGinney! <laughs> nice. <laughs>
How about some of these? Okay, let me do it. <laughs> Go to the restroom, grab a drink, let the dog out, do whatever. Like, no problem. Jared usually oh, has to do yeah. all three of those. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I might. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to edit that, you bozo. <laughs> <laughs> what's your fa- what's your favorite pie oh my favorite pie that's tough i'm gonna have to go with lemon meringue lemon which is meringue. weird that's very it's good awesome. especially in a pie i don't have any idea i made a cheese <laughs> occasionally occasionally and once in a while look it up tony do look it. it up in the book mm, bacon Good morning, Todd. Hey, man. Good. I can barely hear you. Are you away from the mic? Oh, what about now? Yes, Jared. That's perfect. (laughs) Jared, I think you should pummel him next time you see him. (laughs) Oh, he's got a few swift kicks in the nuts ready for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, That's my little buddy. I like him a lot. He's good. Good man. I even said so publicly on the podcast. Tony Balonsky. Hmm. <laughs> Jared. Jared. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.